Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Welcome aboard, welcome aboard, welcome aboard. E2247, welcome to Politics and Right, as well as Bridge, the one and only Bridge MCP. And of course, in the house is Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain, and May Wood. May Wood is in the house. Paul Fleming is in the house. Who else have we got? Robert Davenport says, greetings to progressives. And Lee Grant is here with us, bringing up, bringing it up, bringing it up. AVQ, you are tired. Get some rest. We want to make sure you are always healthy, my brother. My brother, get get your act together. We want that complete healing. Please, complete healing. All right, folks, let's see. How do we get started? Since AVQ didn't have a start for us today... It seems like our resident conservative. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. My brother Lee Grant has something for me to read. I'm just going to read it. I haven't seen it yet. Houston Representative Sheila Jackson lead a tax-free speech. She proposes legislation criminalizing dissent. Here's a few tidbits. A conspiracy to engage in white supremacy-inspired hate crime shall be determined to exist when at least one person published material advancing white supremacy, white supremacist ideology, antagonism based on replacement theory, or hate speech that vilifies or is otherwise directed against any non-white person or group, and such published materials, Sheila paints with a broad brush. Um, uh, Brother Lee Grant, I'm kind of with you. I hate those kind of... People say, not the people, I hate those who are misled into saying things like that. Uh, but if, if what you said, it's, it's, it's that way, I am not for that. I want people to be able to say whatever the hell they want to say that's not going to cause a riot or something. When I say, you know, in a theater or something. And then we go ahead and blow them up for doing that. When I say blow them up, I'm talking about figuratively, of course. Uh, but no, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not for limiting free speech. I think... People who make white supremacist statements, it speaks for themselves. And I think it's upon folks like me to expose them and also show the diminutive minds that they have. That's my thought process. Uh, Robert Davenport says, amplifying nonsense. And I'm going to tell you how I interpret your statement. Um, The fact that a a close-minded person would make an antagonistic statement, a white supremacist statement, etc. Robert Davenport, I would think that taking them to court would highlight what they're talking about more so than not. Egberto had a well short talk with one of my sisters. Oh, damn. Quote, we are divided because there are two kinds of people, those who hate Trump and the rest. Why are you always talking about him? Well, you know, I, you know, I would love to talk to your sister. She should give me a call or she should come on the show. 
What if you're just a fan Western culture? That's a different story. Hello, Bruce Pollard. How are you doing? As well as Deborah Moyer. Second time I'm seeing you, my beautiful lady. People do need to think about what they're say, going to say. Just because one can doesn't mean one should. And that's the answer right there that you gave, Deborah. Not because one can means that they should. You've acknowledged that one can say it. But it, they, it doesn't mean they should say it. And if they do say it, they should take on the consequences. That's not, uh, in this case, government intervention on it. So that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think, I, I, again, I haven't read what Sheila Jackson wrote. Uh, I'm just listening to what Brother Lee says. And I imagine that's based on what Fox News says, which would give, you know, which I think requires further study. All right. She closes her ears and says, nah, 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 nah. What is that? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I tried to teach that to my sons. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Uh, what, what else we have here? People do not. Uh, yeah, I read that one already. Uh, let's see if there's anything from anybody else. Anyhow, I had a great program today on KPFT discussing what's going on at uh, Davos, the, the Economic Council at Davos. And what I want to do is I think I should bring up some of what I had to say on that. And it goes like this. Para ver dónde estás, estás aquí. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. I'm going to put it on screen so you guys can see it. This is the newsletter that I sent out today titled 200 Plus Millionaires Urge World Leaders at Davos to Tax the Ultra-Rich, Stop Pilfering the Masses. I want to read the first part of it, which I did on my earlier show today. The World Economic Forum defines itself as the International Organization for Public-Private Corporation. They build themselves as an organization that, that engages the foremost political, business, cultural, and other leaders of society to shape global regional industrial agendas. The, the organization was established in 1971 as a not-for-profit foundation headquartered in Geneva, uh, Switzerland. They claim to be independent, impartial, and not tied to any special interest. They say they strive in all their efforts to demonstrate entrepreneurship in the global public interest while upholding the highest standards of governance, claiming that moral and intellectual integrity is at the heart, at the heart of everything it does. When one watches their speech speakers, it is clear that they try to blend mostly the best of, mo of many kinds of organizations from both the public and private sector, including academia. The World Economic Forum says they believe in the, in the stakeholder theory. And that's where I kind of get concerned. The stakeholder theory is, view, is a view of capitalism that stresses the interconnected relationship between businesses, their customers, suppliers, employees, investors, communities, and others who have a stake in the organization. It is clear based on the decline in economic state and powerlessness of the employee and the customer that the theory does not treat stakeholders equally. Capitalism in its name is pro probative. The stakeholders who own and control the capital continue to be the lords as the consumers and employees remain the serfs. All is not lost as a small but growing percentage of, of the above-mentioned lords realize, meaning the rich folk, realize that, they, uh, they, that the continual robbing of the serfs 
is unsustainable and a clear and present danger to the stability and their existence. In that light, a group of millionaires wrote the following open letter to leaders currently at the World Economic Forum in Davos. I checked the list of signers and was happy to see, happy to see both Mark Ruffalo, the actor-activist I spent some time with at Netroots in Detroit, as we protested the then-evil Republican Michigan uh, governor and others, as well as Morris Pearl, the chairman of the Patriotic Millionaires, who I interviewed a few weeks ago. The letter is, uh, is self-explanatory, but it says, it starts, I'm just going to read the start where it says, We are living in an age of extremes. Rising poverty and widening wealth inequality, the rise of anti-democratic nationalism, extreme weather and ecological decline, deep vulnerabilities in our shared social systems, and the shrinking opportunity for billions of ordinary people. And then they go on to point out that in after the last uh, after the, the the COVID, the people who walked away, who cleaned up were the rich. They says, the history of the last five decades is a story of wealth flowing nowhere but upwards. In the last few years, this trend has greatly accelerated. In the first two years of the pandemic, the richest 10 men in the world doubled their wealth while 99% of people saw their income fall. Billionaires and millionaires have watched their wealth grow by trillions of dollars while the cost of simply living is now crippling ordinary families. And they end your letter with a prescient statement. Tax the ultra-rich and do it now. It's simple, common-sense economics. It is an investment in our common good and a better future than we all deserve. And as millionaires, we want to make that investment. Again, there are a few moral millionaires out there. And they are saying, please, please tax us. Because... We want to pay our share. We want to make sure that, the, that it continues. So I ended, the pro, I ended it as follows. While it's a good thing to have open letters like these from the stakeholders in our economic system with capital, it is not near enough. The current economic system is immoral by design. Wealthy stakeholders like Morris Pearl are moral. As such, they voluntarily supersede the immorality of the system they're a part of. The only solution is to assure. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Sure the masses that they have the power to take back what the ultra wealthy have stolen from them using the laws they paid politicians to enact. We must first break the myth that the system as it functions today is ordained or divine. It is not. We must also have a valid alternative. We do. But we must get through the indoctrination that many of the leaders of our society have paid to cauterize into the minds of too many. In other words, what we've got to do is we've got to go out there and vote appropriately. In the primaries, bring in the progressives 
And in the final voting, we must vote progressives who will pass the laws necessary to recover what was stolen as well as to, as to ensure we have a government for and by the people that works for and by the people. A true democracy. We can do it. It's on us. All right, let's see what we've got here. Continuing with reading from my good people. Uh, Robert Davenport says, and so no libel laws, no defamation laws. It's all free speech. The road to hell is paved with naive intention. No, no, we want the libel. Libel is the answer, actually, Davenport. In other words, what we're saying is, here, here's what we're saying, in, in my opinion. And you can refute this or tell me what you think about it. Here's what I think. Libel laws, yes. In other words, somebody says something that created an action that was uh, the, that that created chaos, chaos. We should be able to sue them for libel and recover their wealth. It's like what they do to the Ku Klux Klan. A lot of folks have bankrupted several Ku Klux Klan's organizations in many states, and the way they used it is they used the law. They use the law that says, you, with your speech, caused me harm. The speech isn't illegal because of the First Amendment, but if, what, if the way you used your speech caused harm on somebody else, that is recoverable. Uh, no, it's not all about And that's what I meant. I, I think the, the explanation that I just gave covers what, what concerns you, Davenport. Give me a response. I'd love to hear your, your, you know, your response to what I just said, uh, Brother Davenport. All right, let's see. Eric Hayes says, here is real justice. Uh, you're going on the bond again. We're not going there. Uh, Robert Davenport says, please do not amplify right-wing nonsense with a Don Quixote attitude of attacking fantasy windmills you think are dragons <laughs> attacking free speech. I love the way you say that. All right, let's see. I thought you should know tax payers spend payers spend over five billion dollars a year for firearms for our police officers. True, Deborah says perhaps if you gave them time to investigate, they will find out what happened. They may not know immediately. All right, Deborah Moyer says many of us lead long, interesting lives without any guns at all. Though I'm sorry for your financial loss. Oh, I must have missed uh, a little something about guns somewhere. But anyhow, uh, I'm sure you'll read it in the, in the context. Paul Fleming says, the ultra-rich doesn't believe in democracy. That's why they keep people talking about gas stoves. Republicans, voters are like cats following a laser light. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, we also have from AVQ who says... Would Eric suggest remand for all suspects? Would Eric suggest high bails for all? Eric doesn't know what he wants in that regard. I've queried Eric on that, and I don't know that Eric understands the issue. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Bridge says, I have been forthcoming for this podium. Gene Peer tried uh, in one of many attempts to placate reporters. What I said yes to was that the statement at the time that we all had right you had the statement, and I was repeating what the uh, what the council. I saw the interview, uh, Bridge. 
Uh, Eric doesn't know what he's talking about. She was not backstopping or whatever. She is just fine. She's a very educated spokesperson for the, uh, for the Biden administration, and she's doing a damn good job. The right wing takes everything that she says and tries to blow it up. There ain't no story there, I promise. Uh, Deborah says I should have thicker skin. Yeah, have thick, I, I have thick skin. That's why nothing anybody says. It just kind of rubs off, rubs off, rubs off. Oh, Egberto, I understand perfectly. Judges letting criminals out to kill. You see, that that statement alone that you wrote there proves how little of little you really understand, sir. You know, uh, sometimes when you open your mouth, my dear friend, speaks more than what people assume when you don't. Think about that. Anyhow, first video of the day. You know, we have a whole lot of people who supported the insurrection getting onto committees. We have those uh, election deniers, etc. Those who were constantly talking about voter fraud. But as it turns out, the perpetrators of voter fraud are always the GOP. Always the GOP. There are very few times you find anyone other than the GOP perpetrating voter fraud. Check this out. We now have two special counsels investigating the current and past president over their handling of classified documents. One of them, Donald J. Trump, took to social media to rail against special counsel Jack Smith. He made sure to add in his favorite line at the end of his tantrum, quote, the election was, in all caps, rigged. That is the quintessence of Trump, the idea that voter fraud is rampant in America and it cost him the election. And he's still pushing that lie over two years after the presidential election that he very clearly lost. You almost have to admire his message discipline, no matter how dishonest his message. Because there are two things you need to know about the 2020 election. One, despite what Republicans would like you to think, there was no widespread, systematic, rampant voter fraud that would have changed the result. And two, the small, random cases of voter fraud that do keep coming up, well, they all seem to have been committed by Republicans. How could we forget the Nevada Republican voter who said he found it sickening to learn someone had cast a ballot in his deceased wife's name? The Trump supporter's story became a rallying cry for the Trump campaign and the GOP. Turns out the Republican voter himself ended up getting charged with two counts of voter fraud for casting a ballot in his wife's name. That man pleaded guilty to voting more than once in the same election, or simply put, voter fraud. There's also the Republican Trump-loving stronghold of the villages in Florida, where a total of four people would end up being charged with voter fraud for allegedly voting in Florida and in their other state of residence in the 2020 election. Three of the four of those arrested were registered Republicans. The fourth was not affiliated with any party. Notably, Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis failed to mention those cases in his showy press conference announcing voter fraud arrests. There was also the Pennsylvania man who pleaded guilty to felony unlawful voting for casting an absentee ballot for Donald Trump in his dead mother's name. A Republican Arizona... At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. 
The woman also pleaded guilty to casting a ballot in her dead mother's name in the 2020 election. In Ohio, a local Republican official admitted to forging his dead father's signature on an absentee ballot, then voting again himself. We learned this summer that the husband of a Colorado woman who has been missing for over two years pleaded guilty to illegally casting his wife's mail-in ballot for, wait for it, for Donald Trump. While shenanigans from the 2020 election are still coming to light, we are also learning of a few more recent ones. We learned this week that a former New York State Republican election official pleaded guilty to illegally using voters' personal information to obtain absentee ballots in 2021, also known as voter fraud. The indictment describes a scheme in which the former official allegedly had voters sign an envelope that was supposed to hold their completed ballots. Then he would, according to the indictment, himself fill out the ballots and submit them. This is a Republican who was tasked with being the election commissioner for a county in upstate New York. You can assume he knows how elections are supposed to work. He is the second Republican official in the same county to plead guilty in connection to a voter fraud scheme. You can't make this stuff up. A local Republican councilwoman pleaded guilty to identity theft after being accused of casting three absentee ballots in other people's names in 2021. And just yesterday, the Department of Justice announced that it has charged the wife of an Iowa Republican politician with 23 counts of voter fraud for allegedly submitting or encouraging others to submit dozens of fraudulent voter registrations and absentee ballots in the 2020 Republican primary for Iowa's 4th Congressional District, which, wait for it, her husband lost. But it didn't end there. After her husband lost, she is accused of doing the same thing in the 2020 general election when her Republican husband successfully ran for county supervisor. I think it's fair to say that when it comes to the GOP and claims of voter fraud, the call is coming from inside the House. Yes, the call is coming from inside the House. You know, if you they, if Fox News could find at least one Democrat to highlight as an example on their show, they would. The fact that we can find scores, scores of Republican uh, people trying to voter fraud speaks orders of magnitude greater of what the problem really is. Just think about it. Those are the ones we caught and got convicted. Not like Eric is saying here, what about what happened in Harris County? What about what happened in Harris County? What about what happened in Arizona? So what about what happened in Arizona? Any convictions? No. What about what happened in Harris County? Any convictions? No. Voter fraud is a Republican thing. That's what they do when they have a dwindling population to try to elect a few corrupt politicians. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. I'm not trying to attack my brothers, my Republican brothers and sisters, but you cannot win with your policies. And since you can't win your, with your policies, you must find stooges to effect voter fraud to attempt at some kind of win. I'm sorry. That's just reality. And there was your report. That was just reality. Anyhow. Uh, so let's see, E2247, today the same speech is needed, updated to 2023. Yep. Breach says Hunter, Hillary, Biden, inflation, etc. Key words from the non journalist. Yes. E2247 says exactly one year before his assassination, <coughs> Dr. Martin Luther King gave his major address 
on the war in Vietnam at a meeting at clergy and laity concerned at Riverside Church in New York. Amazing, right? Makes you wonder many times, don't it? Uh, let's see what else we got here. Deborah says, I think special counsel or prosecutor has taken over, has not infiltrated his own hen house. All right. Uh, Eric says, Maywood, no change needed. I am sympathetic to the victim, not the freaking criminals. Okay. Wow. New, new. All right. Uh, Paul Fleming says, billionaire fortunes increased by $2.7 billion a day. A day. Thank you for that, Paul Fleming. Thank you for that. Let's see what else I got here that I may have missed. I think we're kind of caught up. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, my sister said Biden mocks the media and others. Really? I need to talk to your sister, Bleach. I, we will, I will get along perfectly with your sister. You should give her my number. And tell her, give me a call, and let's just have a nice, pleasant conversation. By the end of the conversation, I think it'll, it'll go well. I think it would go well. I honestly think it would go well. AVQ says, you have to ask conservatives, how many instances of voter fraud do they think there are? The total is in 2020 was in the triple digits. Not enough to sway even a single election. And, more, uh, and that voter fraud was on their side, what they did. Every case says billionaire people have gotten poorer, so the uh, so the getting richer by day by day is false. That statement that you just made is false. We just gave you the statement from Davos, uh, from the uh, patriotic millionaire. Check it out. Read. It helps. Don't read Fox News though. Read reality. Read reality. All right. So let's see what I've missed here. Um, uh, looks like, uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. I'm coming to the next video, but before I go to the next video, uh, let's see what I got here. Para ver, para ver. Bear with me, my dear brothers and sisters. I'm about to get there. Daniel Edo says, I have had, I have sad news for the PDR posse. The past weekend, while on a fishing trip, I tragically lost my pistol AR over the side of the boat. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. The fish will they, the fish will use it as a barrier reef or something. They'll create an artificial reef out of your gun. That's the best place for your gun though, uh, Brother Lado. I think it's the best place for your gun. Underwater, where it cannot damage anybody. You know? Don't you think? I think so. Egberto, mind, mind uh, reading this one out. Nearly all of the cases of voter fraud have been Republicans voting more than once. Conservatives have a trend. If they believe they, their political oppositions are doing wrong, even if falsely, that gives them internal permission to do even greater evil. They just use it as a, you know, that's it. Shooting fish again. <laughs> Deborah Moyer says they do mean to project their own thoughts, actions onto others. That's what they do. Why did you have a gun with you on a fishing trip? I don't want to ask the question, but it's a good question, Davenport. You know, Davenport. Hey, Davenport, you didn't answer me the question about um, if you agreed with me on the free speech and libel, etc. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I cherish your thoughts. Some folks are into the business. All right. Let's go to what cinema did at Davos, Okay. Cinema proves all of the times that she only cares for the spotlight. 
She does not care about legislating for the American people, and she will allow the Republicans to use her as they see fit. Check out, check out what she did at, uh, <clears throat> at Davos. So I want to show you guys this, and then we'll take it on the other side. A moment that's getting a lot of attention between Senators Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. Watch. Over at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, a moment that's getting a lot of attention between Senators Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. Watch. We still don't agree on getting rid of the filibuster. That's correct. Okay, this agreement, they're still not going to do anything about the filibuster, comes as U.S. lawmakers are also making the case for more help for Ukraine while they are at Davos. And you know Davos, right? It happens every year. This is actually the first time it's happened in a few years because of the pandemic, but it's in the Swiss Alps. It's rather glitzy. A lot of people from around the world who are considered kind of elite show up. Let's tell you what else is on lawmakers' agenda. A private lunch and a meet and greet for CEOs, billionaires, and government officials. Where Senator Chris Coons tells CNBC he talked about the billions of dollars in military, financial, humanitarian help that the U.S. is giving to Ukraine. And that's the magic right there. Let's say that they couldn't get 60 people to agree to give money to the military, to give money to the, the, the military-industrial complex. I bet cinema and mansion would immediately drop the filibuster. I bet that would give them second thoughts about the filibuster and they would think of some great excuse as to why, well, you know, for our national security, we'll have to go ahead and give the filibuster. I bet that would be the case. I bet that would be the case. Anyhow, 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 uh, Robert Davenport says, why did, no, that was a previous question. AVQ says, Kristen Cinema saddens me every time she shows up. She used to be a progressive lion, corrupted by corporate interests. DC Meat Grinder claims another one. Yes, yes, she was even in the Green Party. Amazing, huh? All right, Bridge MCP says, per sister, our military is the best in the world, but need the most funding. Wow. I hear you. No, but... Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Uh, let's see what else we have here. I have another one. You know, everybody wants to blame the drug issue and not shortage of drugs, etc. On the supply chain problem, they want to blame it on just about everything else except where the problem really lies. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So what I want to do is I want to play this report for you and then I want to add a narrative, the appropriate narrative. Check this out. 
Here in the U.S., we are still seeing a shortage of commonly prescribed antibiotics, such as amoxicillin, as well as other over-the-counter medications used to treat patients with any of the respiratory viruses slamming this country. Parents across the country are especially concerned as pharmacies run out of children's meds, such as Tylenol and Motrin, and now the FDA is saying this could last months. Joining us now, former Obama White House advisor for health policy, Dr. Zeke Emanuel, he's vice provost for global initiatives at the University of Pennsylvania and an NBC News and MSNBC medical contributor. And he's out with a new piece for The Washington Post entitled Drug Shortages Are an Urgent National Danger. Here's how we fix them. Zeke, good to see you again. How do we fix them? Well, we do have to reshore our uh, production. A large part of this problem is offshoring to China and India, uh, where production is uh, episodic uh, because of uh, contamination and other quality problems. Um, And we should never be letting our uh, chief global rival, China, uh, produce most of our medicines. Uh, Over 90% of our antibiotics are produced by China. Uh, We have to reshore them. And the best way to reshore them is to go back to the old days. in the between 19, uh, 1976 and 2006, Puerto Rico was our main per, uh, site of production, uh, and we, sh- we should return to that. So, Zeke, uh, we've been talking about this for a couple of years now. You've been talking about this for a couple of years as well, because when COVID first erupted in February, March of 2020, uh, we were having shortages, whether it was mask shortages or ventilator shortages. But then we started talking about uh, shortages in medicine. Um, and here we are, what, two years later, uh, two, three, two, no, three years later, uh, we're years. still talking about it. Yeah. Three years later. Unbelievable. When are we going to start moving on this? This seemed like a no-brainer three years ago. What's the holdup? Well, I think the good news is that there's now a bipartisan group of uh, uh, people in Washington, congressmen and senators, who want to move something. Uh, Their proposal, unfortunately, is mostly to try to get Medicare and Medicaid to buy preferentially to the United States. But this is a supply problem. This is where do we produce and the fastest way to produce things is to give it, go back to the old days, give a tax break, the production of drugs and devices in Puerto Rico, and that will increase production there. We have facilities, we have a trained workforce. Uh, it's relatively uh, uh, lower paid than the United States. It'll also bring Puerto Rico out of recession. So it's got lots of advantages. It's got economic advantages for Puerto Rico. It's got national security advantages, not uh, making us beholden to China. And it's got health advantages eliminating the uh, generic drug shortages uh, that we've had we are having and it's not expensive so i think that's the way to go dr emmanuel you touched on it but i want to underline it 97 percent of our antibiotics american antibiotics are made in china there's a supply chain issue there's a question of quality there's the question of whether the fda can get in and inspect these places even so as a physician on the patient side of it what concerns you about all of this Well, you can't get critical antibiotics. You can't get critical things like lidocaine or a lot of infusions, those little bags that people see at the side of a bed. A lot of those are in short supply. We moved production when this tax break to Puerto Rico went away, and we moved it to the lowest cost place without thinking about contamination, without thinking about FDA inspection, uh, without thinking about putting 
our health in the hands of China. That is a very silly move. For a few pennies on these pills, we have gone to China. We need to bring it back. You know, we recognize this, the importance of this in terms of chips, microchips. So we are investing a lot in bringing micro, microchip manufacturing back to the United States. Drugs are just as important as microchips and can threaten the country if they get terminated. And so we need to just invest uh, over there. In, in Puerto Rico and let the drug companies begin producing there. I want you guys to notice something, right? The drug companies, the oil companies, all these companies, the silicon companies, silicon uh, uh, fab companies, oh, they always want the government out of business. They want to do as they please. They want to do whatever they want to do. But, but, now that they have issues with Problems in China, problems in Vietnam, where they can't deliver their, their, they can't get their drugs over as fast as they should. Now they want a bailout from the government. Oh, let's start, start giving incentives to manufacture in Puerto Rico. Why did you leave Puerto Rico in the first place? Why not give incentive to manufacture in Mexico or what, these other places? Why, why did you leave in the first place? You see, these companies make decisions based on their shareholder value, uh, what they want to provide their shareholder value, as well as corporate executive pay, right? So they try to save every penny at every point in, in this chain. And what does that mean? Going and getting your stuff made overseas, uh, getting rid of American workers who cost them a bit too much. And then when they run into trouble, they beg us, oh, you need to invest in helping us. Well, no, I think... My, my thing is since these companies have failed and medicines are something that's crucial to all of us, it is time to get rid of those who failed. And who failed again? Pharmaceuticals. They failed. You guys always like to talk about government, government, government. Well, you know what? I don't remember a government failure in things like medicine or fire or whatever. Again, they failed and they failed because their model is designed not to make your life better. Their model is designed to make more money for the few. And if you, if, if there's one thing everybody should get in their heads is you don't have hospitals, uh, private hospitals today to take care of you. You have private hospitals today to use your sickness, your illness to make profits for a few. And if we can get that in our heads, there's no benevolency in our economic system. None, nada, yet. Now that guy who owns a pizza shop, he, has, he wants to treat you right. He doesn't have any power over you other than the power of persuasion, the power of taste to tell you, my pizza tastes good and it's healthy. You'll like it. And then it is your choice to get it. We don't have a choice when it comes to getting penicillin, when it comes to getting amoxicillin. We don't have the choice for whatever they want to charge us or whatever screw up or whatever mistakes they make. If they can make these big mistakes, why not allow our government to make a mistake at a cheaper price? Because more than likely they won't make the mistake. But secondly, even if they made the mistake, it wouldn't cost what the private sector has pilfered from us.
We've got to get smart, people. We've got to get smart. And the sycophants that continue to defend the corporatocracy, you have to learn to ignore them. You have to learn to just love on them and realize that they are just, their, their minds are just not ready to accept reality. Their minds are just not ready to say, I am sorry. I was wrong. I don't want you to say I'm sorry or it's wrong. I just want you to do the right thing in the booth, okay? Uh, Robert Davenport says, as, gun as a gun-owning progressive Democrat, I have never lost any of my guns on a fishing trip. I guess some people are just more responsible than others. I cannot think of why I would bring one of my long-barrel weapons on a fishing trip that was not offshore in an ocean. Where were you fishing, Daniel? Let us know, Daniel. We want to know where you're fishing. Um, maybe drugs are more important. Actually, I think you're right on that. But he says, me too. Never brought a gun to a fishing trip. Of course, Daniel responds, the key to my sad announcement is the fact it's short barrel AR pistol. Oh, wow. Now you changed. Oh, my beautiful bridge. Thank you for that super chat. Such a bad day with sister twice. Good to hear educated, informed people and better to have you, Egberto, to be the one to explain and teach. Yes, teach. You're good at it. Thank you so kindly for the kudos. And I do want to talk to your sister. Put me in touch with your sister. I know. And don't, don't worry about you thinking she's going to call me by not so kind names. I can take it. I would love to have a coffee with her over the phone. The two of us can sit over on video and just have a coffee together. I would love to do it. Because she would teach me some stuff too, Bridge. Honestly, I will learn something from your sister. I promise you, I will learn something from your sister as well. Yes, she will. Come on, try. Tell her. Tell her I am begging. When you talk to her next, say, I am begging. He just wants to have a, a, a video talk with you over Zoom. I and tell her you promise I will be pleasant. We'll have a good time together. I prom tell, in fact, tell her I promise we'll have a good time. <laughs> All right, Breach. All right, Breach. Okay, you don't want me to talk to your sister. It's okay, my beautiful Breach. It's okay. But, you know, um, you're, it's your sister. And because it is your sister, she can't, there, there is a little, there is a little Breach living within your sister. There is a little you living within your sister just trying to get out, just trying to get out. But anyhow, whatever, which, whatever you choose to do uh, would be fine. But don't forget this. I am starting to do webinars on how to talk to your right-wing relative friends and neighbors. And my first webinar is set up for, uh, I'm learning how to use this in the webinar tool. Uh, and what I'm doing, let me tell you guys what I'm doing. Uh, as another, uh, as a source of doing good and getting a little bit of income, I'm going to be having a 1999 webinar for people who want to go and, and have, you know, don't want to give up on their families, but at the same time want to be able to entertain and talk to them. So I'm having this 1990, I'm, I'm starting it at 1999. Somebody told me that these things usually go at more than that, but I want something that to, to get a few people. 1999, and I say, we're going to have a talk. We're going to, you'll get, a, you'll get my book. You also, you know, stuff like that. So... Um, let me know what you guys think about it, the webinar and so forth. And the idea being 
I want to uh, talk to folks and then eventually sort of expand it. Uh, 1999 like Prince. Ah, I like that, uh, Hayes. I like that. All right. Let me know what you guys think about it. I think I'll get people coming to see my webinar on how to talk to the right uh, for 19.99, plus being able to have a book and have conversation, etc. Individual conversation. That's my thought. Anyhow, let's go ahead and play this one on the proof that there was no oil shortage. It doesn't say it directly in the piece, but I want you to listen to how Brother Joe uh, Scarborough talk about it. I want you to check this out and check this out. We'll talk about it on the other side. You talked about uh, Russia's uh, economy and the dependence on it, uh, Europe's dependence on it. There's there's a fascinating story at the bottom of the Wall Street Journal this morning talking about how Russia's attempt to use uh, oil as a wedge against Europe has failed miserably. Um, European gas prices fell at uh, 15% on Monday. That's the lowest they have been since 2021. And and what what's happening is, you know, it, it wasn't too too long ago that that Europe uh, was, was 40% of the oil uh, that, that Europe used came from Russia. Those numbers are going down now. Russia's being forced to sell it to China and India, who's paying considerably less for their oil. And so what this Wall Street Journal story uh, talks about is what we predicted earlier, that this war has been catastrophic on Vladimir Putin on many different levels, militarily and economically, but also this is the foundation of Russia's economy. And as we predicted on this show a couple of months ago, when he started talking about using oil as leverage, we're like, that's all you've got. And now you're going to throw that into the mix too? Well, we predicted it would backfire against him. It's backfired spectacularly. Uh, so much for the cold uh, European winter uh, causing havoc on Europeans. Yeah, throughout its history, Russia's military has been aided by the winter. It's been its best ally. Uh, it got let down this time. It's been a very mild winter in Europe, which has allowed Europe to weather this much better than many suggested, though you were certainly right. This show predicted this very well might happen. Uh, the, Russia struggled here to adapt to the price cap uh, that a lot of the, the Western nations have put on Russian oil, uh, as well as they're, they're, they're suffering under some of the embargoes and some of the sanctions. Officials, Western officials have told me in recent days they're starting to see an impact. Even though Putin had tried to sanction-proof his economy before this war, they're starting to see some impact. There are really some slowdowns. And Europe has been able to have their own gas. The United States has been able to send some over. Uh, and they've been able to do okay. And there's construction underway to try to further make these European countries independent, to be able to supply their own fuel and to have to rely on Russia even less going forward as this conflict looks like it's stretching on. But this was a calculation that Putin was really banking on, that that, that a yeah. tough winter and prices would soar and that Europe would buckle. He's been able to offset a little bit with Russia and India buying, yeah. but nowhere near to the expected. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody... So after the fraud effected on us by the oil companies, supply and demand came back into the fold. There was so much supply that it turns out, after all, that Russia did not have 
the clout they thought they had. Big problem, oil from Russia at $50 per gallon is not cost effective for Russia to sell. See? Glad Europe is eliminating Russia reliance. Excellent. Now, I want to address something from Brother James A. Robichow. He says, the opposition to tax breaks to restore pharmaceutical production uh, and just let them for, uh, just let firms fail was not really explained or substantiated. You're okay with shortages of desperately needed life-saving medications? Why? No, I'm not at all. Here's what I'm saying, my brother. Does pharmaceutical companies have proved over and over again that they are a failure? They are just a money-hungry sector that creates products to make a humongous profit on the backs. They, they create products that we invented and they marketed. So we pay for these products twice when it's developed by universities and when the private companies buy the patents and go ahead and create the drugs, they screw us again by elevating the prices. And then further to make more profits, they leave America, go down to China and build these products. And when China has problems, we get a supply chain problem that they are responsible for. So my statement, my brother James Robicho, is that the, 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 the drug companies are a failure and we could save a whole lot of money and not have said failure by nationalizing the creation of drugs. Because we already have a nationalized system of creating the invention of the drugs. Most of the drugs are initially the substances that create the judge, the, the thing that proves that, the that these drugs are viable or may be viable are done in, at universities or at, uh, uh, with government grants already paid for by you and me. So you and I pay to develop the drug. Then the, the, the pharmaceuticals pay a, a few more dollars to enhance the drug. And then they sock us with ridiculous bills like some people pay $50,000, $60,000 for a drug that we developed. It's not rocket science, Mr. Robichow, that what we need to do is not have drug companies who control our drugs. Now, if they create something on their own, I can get it. But since most of what they create came from us, we shouldn't allow it. Nationalize the drug companies. That's it. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm not scared to say it. I'm not scared that people are going to call me all kinds of isms for it because they have proven they are a failure and their only purpose in life is to make a few dollars for a few people. They don't care about your health care. And for those who continue to carry the water for these thugs, it sometimes boggles the mind. You're killing your own you are killing your own in support of these thugs. So the answer, you know, like I said in, in my article today, the current economic system is neither divine or is it, uh, is it, 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 it is must be. Do we have solutions? Yes. Do we know what they are? Yes. 
Why aren't we getting to these solutions? Because we have not elected the people who work for us. We've elected the people who the corporations have convinced us to elect to work for them. We have to get smart. We must get smart and stop allowing them to have us vote against our own interest. It is at 54 right now. Time for me to make my ask. Uh, I, I ask you so kindly, those of you that are listening to me on YouTube, please consider hitting that join button and becoming a member of our posse. Hit that join button and, and uh, you know, uh, help us out. Help us uh, do what we do best, inform. Okay, James Robichaud, I want to, since I, I mentioned to him, I want to get his response. He says, thanks for the response, but this doesn't really help anything. It's a bit of a different answer than what you gave. Sure, nationalize them, but you could also singer payersly enact price controls, which doesn't conflict with and is really complementary to tax breaks. Indeed, that is the entire point of corporate tax breaks to influence their behavior. Oh, gosh, we could save a whole lot of money. Gosh, money is a social and legal construct, not a commodity. And we are talking about a public policy matter. I agree with you with one exception, Brother Robicho, with one exception. And the one exception is why, why institute the complexities of a corporate being when we as a government with one entity in control with no profit motives whatsoever, have already developed these drugs and can continue to do so and then go ahead and hire. We, the government, can then hire a company to market the drugs as opposed to having the marketer of the drugs. You know, drug companies spend more on marketing than they do on research and development. And why, why is that? Because we do the research and development. We, the American people, they give them the grants to do so. We, the American people, give the, the universities the grants to do so. And that is where I'm trying to get us to go, Brother Rabichow. Uh, uh, did I say that right? Rabichow. Yeah. Uh, that is where I want us to start thinking. Uh, I don't want us to try to force corporations into something unnatural. What I mean by that is we don't force our behavior to the corporation. We force the corporation to adapt to the behavior we as a society want. And we have to get it into our heads. It is about us. It's not about the corporation. It's about us. Business must, business is just a portion of society. They must adapt to us, not we adapt to the business model. We must define what the business model is. And Bridge MCP wants me to put something on the screen. And when Bridge asks to put something on the screen, Bridge gets it. 1987, this is your brain on drugs. 2023, you can't afford the egg. The gas stove is being outlawed. The only thing you can get is the drugs. <laughs> Why did you make me laugh on that one, my dear beautiful Bridge MCP? Why did you do that? Thank you so kindly for doing that, though. It was a laugh. Anyway, my dear brothers and sisters, those of you on, on YouTube, please uh, consider supporting us. Please go ahead and click that join button. But if there are many other ways that you can support us, you can support us via PayPal by going to, uh, let's see, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Let's see if I already put that in there. I think I did. Politicsandright. Oops, that's not, that's a YouTube. 
Let's go ahead and say politicsandright.com slash PayPal to support our program. You can also support us by becoming a patron, politicsandright.com slash patron. And we sure could use some patrons right now. Uh, patron is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Again, if you're not on YouTube, uh, but you want to support us on YouTube, you can go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Of course, all the books that you see scroll right through our show. I, I guarantee you'd learn quite a bit from them. Politicsandright.com slash books. Politicsandright.com slash books. And somehow what I'm sending is going to Twitch and YouTube, but it's not going to uh, Facebook. And I don't know why. I think Facebook is still up and running, but it is telling me that it's not what I'm putting on the screen. It's not going to Facebook. And the all-encompassing way to... Um, to support us can be found at politicsandright.com slash support. I am going to try sending directly to Facebook and see. Oh, Facebook is down for some reason in the chat. Yeah, Facebook is down in the chat for some reason. Anyhow, folks, um, I'll try to see what's going on there and we'll get that fixed where we can. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. I could not do this without you. I want to thank all of you for listening to the program. I want to beg all of you to share our YouTubes, our blogs, everything, so that we can expand on informing, on learning together. That is how we are going to make a difference. That is how we are going to prevent the thugs in ties and suits from somehow taking over. This is our country, folks. This is our country. And we should make sure that we hold on to it. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Oh! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs>